The thrill and excitement of March Mania is here, and DraftKings Sportsbook, one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps, is giving new customers a shot to turn 5 bucks into $150 instantly in bonus bets with any college basketball bet. You can find all the lines and available odds, of course, at the DraftKings Sportsbook app. North Carolina listeners, don't forget, DraftKings Sportsbook is now live in your state. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code SBNFL. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get $150 instantly in bonus bonus bets only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code SBNFL. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 8778-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash bball for eligibility, deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Yeah, don't it sound so epic? Horns are screaming, I ain't the one you want to mess with. Use a joke, I ain't the one you want to jest with. The battle's coming, you only got a few seconds to run. Hello Bengals fans, I am Matt Minnick and this is Coach Speak coming back at you. You know, I, I, I try to take a little time off after the season. That was a rough loss. I think we all had to emotionally grieve and deal with it. And, um, you know, I was, I was kind of trying to step away from, from Twitter as well, but man, it, it, Twitter just sucked me back in. And, uh, you know, the big, the big reason is... Um, just the the, off, the offensive line takes that are out there right now are just getting out of hand. Um, so I wanted to talk a little bit about the offensive line, and you know we'll see how this goes. But I think I probably split it up into inside and outside. The Bengals' offensive line. I just want to say this overall. Look, they got better over the course of the year um, as a unit. Like overall, they got better over the course of the year. Uh, I, I the group that was playing at the end at the end of the year before they started to drop like flies, that is, um, was playing at a decent level, right? So, you know, I think we can, we can look at year-long PFF stats and you can say, well, they're still terrible and, well, Burrow was hit this many times. But it was different at the end of the year. Um, I also think that there were some issues with Burrow at the beginning of the year uh, that, that he, he fixed. Um, I think a number of the, the sacks uh, were, were his. But... It, at the end of the day, all right, the point is that, look, that unit did get better over the course of the year. You're looking at a bunch of new guys coming in. Um, Kappa, Collins didn't really get action in the preseason because of injuries. And, um, you know, you know, in addition to being new, you got Volson, who was a rookie, you know, coming from uh, the FCS level, which I got nothing but love for the FCS. Um, but, like, there was a big jump. There were some reasons why they weren't very good in September. Um, but I think they, they showed solid improvement over the course of the year. Now, let's start and let's talk about the tackle position. Because that's what really drove me here. Is Man, there's a lot of people out there. That, a lot of people I've heard say, Carmen is better than Jonah Williams. No, he is not. No. <laughs> right? Um... I'm just putting that one out there right now. No, he is not. Uh, so let's talk about Jonah Williams, right? Lots, 
lots of sacks, right? Leading the league in sacks. We have all heard that. That is not good, all right? Is Jonah Williams what you wanted to get when you drafted him in the top of the first round? Absolutely not. Is Jonah Williams as bad as that sack number makes you think? No. No, he really isn't. Like, Williams is a, is a, is a good athlete. He's good against speed rushers. He is not good uh, against power rushers. Like, that's where he really struggles. When he lets a guy get into him, when they try and bull rush him, like, that causes him a lot of problems. And that's why, by the way, I can't believe this take is still around, but the move Jonah DeGuard take, terrible idea. He would be really, really bad at guard. Um, he would not start a guard. He would be competing with, you know, I think he'd be somewhat comparable to Sharping um, as a guard. Um, he, he wouldn't be starting. So, and we'll get we'll get to struggling in a minute, but um, so like let's just dissuade that right away, right? Number one, he is under contract, um, and he's gonna make like 13 million, which is you know a, a good amount of money, you know. But overall, for an offensive tackle, um, not that much. Um, he is the Bengals did that like it's not like he was playing great before and I think injury concerns you know abound with him uh, this injury issues with him every single year um, but like the Bengals gave him that fifth year option because they knew it was going to be hard to spend that money um, and to you know find a, a replacement they did like it's just not that easy to find these guys. Um, so, he's going to be there. He's going to be tackled. Number one, he'll be bad at guard. Number two, you're not going to pay him that much money to be bad at guard. Um, so, he's going to be he's gonna be the left tackle next year. Like, that's it. Now, you want to go out and draft a guy, fine. And that's a good idea because maybe you don't bring him back after that fifth-year option um, is up. You bring in a guy, you Dax Hill it, right? Because you're picking a 28, so you're probably not getting a plug-and-play off of the tackle at 28. I mean, if you do, somebody's screwed up, right? 27, somebody's screwed up. Um, if you're if you're picking that low and you're getting a plug-and-play off of the tackle, left or right, all right? But you can't, and you certainly can't rely on that going into the draft that, oh, yeah, we're just going to take the left tackle though. Hell no, right? So... You're gonna, you're gonna consider that. You're gonna think about that. Look, look, look you can draft it for the future, but they're not gonna draft a guy that's gonna come in and gonna make them bench uh, a guy who they do believe in. Um, they do have confidence in. Joe Burrow does have confidence in. That's why he scrambled more to the left uh, than he did to the right because he could do that, uh, whereas he wasn't doing that with Collins. Also leaving some of the sacks and inflating that sack number, by the way. Um, in you're paying him $13 million. Like, he's not sitting on the bench. He's not getting cut because that money's guaranteed. Um, it's literally saving you nothing in cap uh, or cash to do it. So, he ain't going nowhere, baby. He's, he will be here in 2023. Okay, so let's flip over. Leo Collins, okay? Leo Collins was already injured. Like, coming into last year, he had an injury. That was bothering him. We knew that. Um, yes, now he's got this other injury. 
you know, he's going to rehab the knee. We'll see where he's at. But look, we were very excited about even an injured Leo Collins coming in. This was a big acquisition for him. He is a very, very good football player. All right. Um, the positive is maybe he, he's able to recoup with the back. Um, everything's going on there while he's taking care of his lead. And things work out. Um, that's, that's the positive way to look at it. I, I am an optimist. I will do that. Now, you cannot rely on that. Okay, Obviously, you can't rely on that. you got to have a backup plan if he's not ready to go at the beginning of the year or if he looks like doo-doo. Okay? So, let's go back to the draft. You had drafted again in the first round. Well, not if Leal Collins is in your long-term plan. You can't just say, we're going to draft the right tackle in the first round. Plans. That, that doesn't make any sense. You're going to draft again in the first round, start for six games, and then put Collins in. And, and, like, that doesn't make any freaking sense. You got Collins there. You're paying Collins like $6 million next year. Um, you know, it's a it's a pay increase for him, but it's still pretty good. Like, I, you got you to gotta think about that. You got to think about what the plan is there. Now, Collins does have an optimist contract. They can they can save like three million or something like that um, if they cut him. And so, uh, hey, you get lucky in the draft and they get a guy that you're confident can start a right tackle, and you want to save the money. Maybe you do that. Um, I'm I'm not opposed to that if you really get that guy. Um, I feel much better about doing that than I would about getting you know getting rid of Jonah. But like that's where that limbo comes in there is that. You know, with Collins, you're, you're, you're hoping, like, you spent a lot of money. You made a, a pretty big splash there to do that. Uh, you know, put the Fairfield ball on the map. And you're hoping that that, that comes to fruition with something. If not, you're really looking at a big question mark at both both tiger spots. And obviously, the play wasn't great by Jonah. And, and I don't I don't think Jonah's going to be here after next year. So you've got a long-term question there. And now you're bringing in a, a tackle. So, so basically, if you, if you do that, you're saying, hey, here's a rookie tackle, and we're going to have to do something about that other tackle position uh, next year. Is that the same guy? I don't know. Not all these guys are ambidextrous, right? You know, can they play left and, and right? Uh, I, I, I don't know. I mean, you know, to some extent, you have to be able to have some versatility, uh, but we've seen that blow up in our faces before. So who knows? You know, who knows exactly uh, how that stuff's going to go down? Um, but that's how, how I look at the tag position. Okay, now, let's get into some of the other guys. Okay, Akeem Adenogy is a serviceable backup tackle who was fine until things snowball, right? And by things snowballing, I mean two other injuries in the offensive line. So, he's a cheap and good guy to have around, right? Um, who can do that? A lot of negative energy his way this year much more last year when he was playing guard which he wasn't very good at and by the way I have always said that Kevin's energy is a lot like Jonah Williams they both move very well and they both cannot take on the bull rush for shit so there you have it right uh, we've seen Hakeem at guard. That's, I'm telling you, that's what Jonah would look like at guard. So you don't want that. You don't want to do that, okay? But look, Hakeem, Hakeem should stay around. He should be around you know, to, to be that guy. Let's talk about, you know who now. <laughs> All right, let's talk about Jackson Carmen. Um, little history. I hated the pick. It was leaked. And, and, I, and I, you know, after it was leaked that they were going to pick that guy, uh, before the second round started, um, I tweeted out that 
the first words I wrote in my, like, you know, I kind of have like a real loose kind of hippy-dippy way of, of, of scouting at first, but before I actually break down things, I, I just like write things that come to my mind, like scattershot, and what I wrote down for him was not good, um, and he was not a good tackle, um, and then I remember hearing, oh, he's going to play guard, and I was like, oh, okay. You know, and then it was like, you know, he had the back thing, maybe he recovers from that. And I really, I liked the pick a lot more when there was the idea that, hey, he can start at right guard and then maybe he can become the right tackle. Maybe even put him on the right side for some reason. But anyway, um, so, you know, I was, I was thinking that, all right, that that could make sense. Um, people hate that. Like the less drafted guy at one position, put him in a different position, let's start him in one position, turning it. Like, hey, that's what Wit was. We all forget about that shit, right? Wit came in and started guard. Um, and, and, and they bumped him out when they were ready to go when they needed to make that move. So, like, it, it can happen. Like, let's not look at that as just being a, a stupid idea. Um, and let's, let's not look at the Carmen thing as moving to guard as a stupid idea. Because Carmen is the exact opposite. Carmen doesn't move very well, okay? He barely can get in a stance. He looks a hell of a lot better now than he did last year. He can still barely get in a stance. You, like, look at his knees. Like, like he barely bends freaking down. But he's massive, and he can take on hits a lot more. He can take on that initial shot a lot better than Hakeem and Jonah can. So, like, he kind of gets away with that. But, like, eh, he, he doesn't move very well, right? So, he, to me, he is a much better option as a guard because I think he can take on some of those things. Now, he had some good plays, some bad plays. The bad plays were holy shit bad plays. All right? This is... Y'all know I love Drake Kirkpatrick. Drake Kirkpatrick got a lot of heat. I felt like he would be very good. Like, he would be good. He would be good. He'd be a good, solid player. And then when he messed up, holy crap. All right? It's the, um, you know, it's the, it's the Seinfeld line. All right? Like, hey, I need to get fired. I want people to be look at me and be like, man, did that guy get canned, right? When when Drake Kirkpatrick got beat, man, did that guy get canned. And when Jackson Carmen gets beat, man, does that guy get beat, <laughs> right? Um, and I, I tweeted out just like two clips, but there were some there were some bad ones. There were way more than that. Twice, uh, I'm trying to remember. Actually, I think the first one might have been the Ravens game. Um, so maybe maybe he didn't do anything like this during the Bills game, um, but then definitely in this game too, he threw a guy into Joe Burrow's knee, and by the grace of God, Joe Burrow walked away from that, um, one of the, the one that happened against Kansas City actually, the reason I didn't tweet it was because it led to a Hakeem Adenogy sack, I didn't want to just, you know, like it was actually Adenogy's guy that made the sack, but Carmen threw a guy into Burrow first, um, anyway, I didn't want to pile on to Adenogy, but yeah, so th- there's some serious problems there. Now, he looked like, uh, like if this was his rookie year and, he, and it was September, I'd be like, all right, there's some shit there, right? Uh, we're going to talk more about, uh, you know, development when we get into into guard play and talk about Volson, but, like, yeah, now he's really behind the curve on that stuff. Um, showed some flashes that maybe he can believe in some stuff. Maybe he becomes a really good swing tackle. I don't know. Can he play on the right side? I don't know. Um, can he play right, the right tackle position? Who knows? Um, but to me, that is that is his value. I, I don't... Uh, maybe he becomes the right tackle. Maybe he becomes the left tackle. I, I don't know. 
I, that's a big stretch right now. Um, I think a more realistic, ideal situation, you know, is if he can be like, if he can be the sixth man on the O line, you can do worse than that. You know, I, I, I think if he if he does have that versatility, if he can come in and play a halfway decent guard, if he can play right tackle, that's a lot of value there. All right, but he needs to be able to do multiple things. He can't just be the freaking backup left tackle. Like he needs to be able to do that. That, that goes for O line in general because they really screw these guys. They don't put enough guys in the roster. They don't put enough guys in the active roster. You know, and this part of the problem they have with development. Nobody has the depth they need at the offensive line. Like you need to have guys that can do multiple spots. If he can back up four spots. Like he might be able to do that well, and he might be a legitimate six guy, and maybe you know you're making that short yardage off into tackle there too. So that one has some value to it. Now let's look overall, and I said this during the freaking Bills game, and people didn't believe me, right? But everybody talked about how great the tackles were in the, in the Bills game, and I said no, <laughs> right? I said hey, the Bills were not getting pressure up the middle, and Burrow was able to step up in the pocket when guys were flying around those edges, right? So. Like it's easy if you could just like it's easier if you could just worry about kind of like keeping them back, but they couldn't do that against the Chiefs because the Chiefs are getting the interior pressure. We'll talk about the, uh, the interior line a little bit, but Sharpie was getting getting hosed, right? He was getting he was getting blown back consistently, right? He was getting pushed back, and they they couldn't do anything in the in, in the middle there. Bro could not step up. He couldn't buy himself an extra time in that particular spot. So. That was a big problem, and look, that continued to happen. They, they were they were flying around those edges, right? Flying around those edges, beating Zedji with power, beating uh, Carmen with speed, or just by confusing him and making him spin around in circles, right? So that was a problem. Those guys were not good. None of those three guys were good. And if you if I didn't know anything about the Bengals and I watched that game, it would be pretty damn evident who were the three guys who were not starters. All right. Um, they were they were all very bad in that game, all right. So anyway, that, that, that's my take of the tackle position. All right, uh, look, you should always be looking to upgrade every position, especially the freaking offensive line. I'm just saying, nothing's gonna happen with Jonah this year because of the money that's involved. All right, they just can't do it, and you're trying to sign Burrow too, right? They just can't do it. Um, could something happen at tackle? Could Collins be gone and cap casually? Maybe, uh, but. I get really upset with this. Like, don't tell me this guy sucks. Get rid of this guy. Tell me how you're replacing that guy. Tell me how you're getting something better, right? Because it's just not that easy. So, yeah, if you draft a guy and he goes through minicamp and you're like, this is the freaking dude, right? Well, you shouldn't do that in minicamp because they, they don't have pads anyway. But, it, like, if, if you hit the freaking jackpot in the draft and you want to cut Collins and save some money, all right, I get on board with that. You better be right. You better be freaking right. All right, you're gonna need a prop. You're gonna need a backup plan for for Collins anyway. All right, whether it's Carmen or Denji or somebody you bring in. All right, but a rookie early in the year for Collins doesn't make a whole hell of a lot of sense, right? In terms of like where the development is and stuff, um, and what position you're trying to replace. But anyway, like, so there's gotta be a plan, okay? And if you don't, if you don't believe in him and you don't like the guys you got, you, you gotta go outside. You gotta get somebody else. Uh, I was asked about McGlinchey, and I don't think I answered, so my bad, uh, whoever that was. But, hey, you want to, you know, bring in McGlinchey and get rid of, of Collins? I'm on 
board. Yeah, I, I, you know, I, I, I think it's an improvement, especially when we look at the health and stuff like that. Um, I think I, I think I can make a lot of sense. Um, so there, there's definitely some things you do. I'm not opposed to doing things. I'm just opposed to saying, get rid of that guy. Because it doesn't do you any good unless you bring somebody else in. you got to have a plan, right? Uh, it's not getting rid of guys. It's bringing guys in. All right, I've rambled on for long enough about two positions. Um, so we will uh, we'll get back and we'll talk about interior offensive line uh, in the next pod. Go through, probably end up going through the whole team. All right, we might combine some things, but we'll end up going through the team. And I wonder the, the state of the Bengals as we head into draft season, as we head into you know free agency eventually here. I am Matt Minnick. This is Coach Peace. Coach, well, Coach Peak Peace. <laughs> yeah, we're coming for a